Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. We are ready to go. Hope you are ready to go. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle, Mile High Sports Radio. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman, or you can uh, check them out if you want to. They're awesome. Rocky Mountain Forest Products, Wholesale Lumber to the Public. Go to rmfp.com. So at Bruce Hurdle, H-A-E-R-T-L, is it Hurdle or oh, what? Stop how, it. How did that happen? I mean, gee, I haven't heard this my whole life. Hurdle, turtle, <laughs> hurdle, girdle. I mean... For God's sakes, can we elevate the conversation at the very start of this long and winding road well, that know, we are commencing today? Well, what's funny is, is that I'm sure you hear that as often as I hear, although you're a TV guy. You got a great face for radio. <laughs> you got a gr- Well, listen, if you, think, if you think you get grief for your last name, I bet you're a good man. No. Never heard that before. No, here's, here's what I like. You look taller on TV. Yeah? Is that right? Do I look taller on TV? I mean, please. Uh, we can go through all of the cliches. Right. They are numerous. Right. No question about it. Oh, you look a lot younger. You look a lot younger on TV. Uh, okay. You look a lot smaller. Well, or you look a lot bigger. That's the. That's another one. You look a lot bigger. Hey, TV puts 20 pounds on you, Right. I'm not sure what radio takes 20 pounds off you. So off we go. Well, I'll tell you my favorite. Uh, This is when I was interviewing for jobs when I was just getting ready Mm -hmm. to uh, graduate college. I was at a station in Augusta, Georgia, and I'm sitting across the table from the guy and he looks at me and he said, when are you going to get rid of that thing on your face? And I said, I don't even know what you're talking about. He goes, that black mark on your face. And at that moment, Growing up, you just see your face as your face in the mirror. Wow. I never truly realized until he pointed it out that I have a beauty mark like Cindy Crawford on my face. Oh, my God. Didn't notice it until you just mentioned it. And he said, when are you going to get rid of that thing? Hmm. And I said, I had never really considered it. Fast forward about, I don't know, five years. I'm in Buffalo, New York, and I get a phone call after I get off the air and woman called and left a message and said i don't know if you know this or she said like this she's older i don't know if you realize but there was a there was a fly on your face during the entire sports cast so i called her back and i said ma'am i think you're referring to the beauty mark on my face apparently she was watching my sports cast with her husband she pulls her mouth away from the phone and said I told you it wasn't a fly. Well, a fly sat there for two and a half minutes. I mean. It was a very obedient fly. Apparently. One that you had trained. Right. Well, you'll have to tell me how to do that sometime. With that, time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Okay, uh, overall thoughts on the Broncos against the Cowboys in the preseason opener. To me, 
They looked like a prepared football team, mm-hmm. something they didn't look like when Vic Fangio was the head coach. Limited mistakes. And the coaching staff, okay, specifically Hackett, first-year head coach, three new coordinators, and three new coordinators all being coordinators for the first time. Yeah. They didn't make mistakes. At least it didn't look that way. I'm sure mistakes were made, but we didn't see it. They looked like an organized, prepared football team. And one of the biggest concerns going into any season is game management. What kind of mistakes are going to happen? How undisciplined will they look? We, I don't think I saw any of that. Receivers collectively from a position group will be the story of fandom. For the rest of us that are there every single day and that have endured the last six years of not being able to connect the dots or doing things that make you say, what? Huh? Please explain to me what you're doing here. It was a really nice departure because I agree. It was fluid. Uh, it was, it seemed to be seamless. Yeah. Now, you never know the, what the urgency was. Although you would imagine these guys, all as first-timers, really wanted to make this thing hum. Every indication is that's exactly what happened. That's, to me, easily the biggest takeaway from Saturday night. Well, let me piggyback on the wide receiver situation. Sure. Tim Patrick out for the season. Let's look at the guys who are trying, in theory, to fill his slot. Because we know it's going to be Sutton, Judy, Hamler, and Washington. Right. We know that. But you had terrific performances by Jalen Virgil, Brandon Johnson, Kendall Hinton, Seth Williams. But I think everybody should just temper their expectations just for a second. It's really hard to find two quality cornerbacks on any NFL roster, more or less three. I'm curious to see what these guys can do. I'm certainly encouraged. They made big plays, and all of that is great. But let's see them go up against a Trayvon Diggs. Let's see them go up against more quality corners before we get excited that, I don't know, Seth Williams beat a guy who's going to be selling insurance in three weeks. Right. I don't want to take anything away from them. No. But overall, I thought they played really well. Fantastic. And Josh Johnson was absolutely tremendous, too. Three to three for nine to start, 12 of 13 to finish in, the, in, in, in his first half of play. Uh, was a big, big difference maker in that game. I think the question, you've got weapons now in that receiving room. There's depth in that receiving room. But there's also different ends of the spectrum in that receiving room. And I'm question, and my question very simply is, how does the offensive philosophy fit the guys that you have in the room? Hear me on this. Jalen Virgil, small, scat-like receiver, but can stretch the field, caught two balls deep along the sideline. They have two guys like that already. Bingo. Now you've got, on the other side, Brandon Johnson. Long, tall, rangy, bigger target. Seth Williams, bigger target, good athlete. Are you going small or are you going big? Tim Patrick was a count on him, throw the ball to him every single time. He's going to catch it, and he's a big-bodied kind of receiver. Right. What are they looking for there? I don't know. I'm not sure. They, they, wanted, they want another guy that fits the, uh, the Hamler and Washington look. 
because you're going to get that maybe in a Virgil, although he's a wide guy, not maybe a slot guy. But in Brandon Johnson, Seth Williams, you've got big guys outside. I'm not sure which way they're going to go. I know this. It's good to have choices. Right. So Sutton, Judy, Hamler, Washington, that's four. Right. Last year, they took six wide receivers. Mm -hmm. I don't think, with all due respect to Brett Rippon, they're going to keep three quarterbacks. Not with Russell Wilson on the roster. So you can make the case that opens up a slot. I think fans would look at these guys who played, talking about the wide receivers, and say, how many of these guys do you think will slip through waivers in order to get to the practice squad? You, you go into waivers, a team can pick you up. They can put you on their practice squad if they choose to. The goal of the Broncos would be get them through waivers, put them on your own practice mm-hmm. squad, and then if somebody wants them off the practice squad, then they have to put them on their overall roster. But here's the thing. I think Brandon Johnson, I think Kendall Hilton, Hinton is a lock. I think so, too. He's a lock. I, I think you can put him on there. That's five. I think Brandon Johnson and Seth Williams both make this roster. Mm-hmm. They try and squeeze Virgil through. And honestly, if he shows up big in the preseason, yeah, there might be a team that might say, we'll pick him up and put him on our practice squad. But I, if they take six, if they only take six guys, it'll probably be between Johnson and Williams. All of them have, I believe, practice squad eligibility. I think you're right on target. The great thing for Jalen Virgil, who I talked with after the game, is he's got good film now. You know, he's got good film. Yep. Uh, he has good work against a Dallas Cowboys team, which, by the way, is looking for receiving depth, ironically, right now with Michael Gallup and others right now uh, sidelined. So, um, but I would agree. I, I would agree that Johnson, Williams, Hinton, are all a part of this football team. The other big story coming out of this is how many starters played. Mm. You know, there was just a small handful, but second play, Jonas Griffith, inside linebacker, goes down with an elbow injury, expected to be out four to six weeks. Don't know if he will be ready for the opener. Now with that, Browning was an inside guy, moved him to outside. He said even last year he would have rather have played on the outside. Obviously, he looked terrific. I don't need to go through his stats. Anybody who watch the game, already knows his stats, or you probably are familiar with them anyway. He was he was a game wrecker in the game on Saturday. With that, do you consider putting Browning on the inside, or at least for the short term, or do you feel good enough with Singleton? Do you feel good enough with Justin Strenat? I think you got to consider it, don't you? I mean, really, at this point, with all due respect to Justin Strenat, uh, Singleton is a tackling machine. Uh, I'm not sure about his capabilities in coverage. That's well, a real question. That's that's Griffith's role, right? To cover sideline yep. to sideline as best as you can. You don't listen. Singleton led the Eagles two years in tackles, tackles. and you know what? Josie Jewell, he's probably going to lead this team in tackles. Mm-hmm. L- let's take Roquan Smith out of the equation right. because a he's going to want a new contract. They're not going to be able to afford him when they sign. Uh, Russell Wilson to a new deal, not to mention what capital they have to even give up in terms of draft picks now that they've given all their top stuff away for Russell Wilson. Randy Gregory, by most accounts, is fair, is pretty close to being ready to play. Yeah, I, I think that they're doing, I think it's a, a lot of caution that they're taking with him to make sure that he is ready to go. Most reports inside the, inside the headquarters 
or that he's ready to go and could be going right now. But as you and I know, this is a coaching staff and a head coach who is taking a cautious approach to this preseason. Fine. No problem. I think they're taking a cautious approach to all injuries, keeping guys healthy. I think that is the goal. Keep guys healthy. That's why we have seen two hard days of practice jog through, two hard days of practice. And, oh, by the way, let's just get into that briefly before we need to end a break. They looked fresher than the Cowboys, who looked like an absolute train wreck. I think right now for the Cowboys, we are already on, and I want to speak for the people down in Dallas, we are already on Dan Quinn watch. Interesting. on When he's going to become the head coach, the Cowboys looked terrible in that scrimmage. Yeah. Right? They looked they looked undisciplined, obviously, with all the penalties in the game. They didn't look like a very good football team. And already the, the drum has been beating for a long time about McCarthy. Did, did they Were they a bad football team or were the Broncos a pretty good football team? Have we I, gotten there yet? I think what is surprising to me is, and we'll talk more about this in this upcoming mm-hmm. segment, the Broncos look like they had veteran coaches. And the Cowboys look like they had a bunch of guys who were in their first year on the job. And oh, by the way, Dan Quinn was a guy who was heavily considered to be the head coach. And after one game, and it's only one game, and this is a snapshot of today, they made the right choice with Nathaniel Hackett. Speaking of Hackett, he did one particular thing in Saturday's game, I think, that impressed you and I, because I think we have shed the demons of Vic Fangio. That's next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at mylifesports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public. Go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my guy, Ed Goldinger at Pinnacle Builders. Doing it yourself is fine, unless it's a major remodel. With that, you want to bring in a pro like Ed Goldinger. Man, this guy, his career arc is unbelievable. He was trained in the Army as a carpenter and a mason 33 years later. He by far and away has the best remodeling business in town, whether it's high-end basements, bathrooms, kitchens, custom counters, cabinets, you name it. They are absolutely the best, and they are so confident in their work, they're going to give you a two-year warranty. Almost all contractors give you one year. And the reason is they skimp a little bit on product. They skimp a little bit on work. Ed and Pinnacle Builders, very confident in what they do. Best in home remodeling. Go to PinnacleDen.com. That's PinnacleDen.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. All right, Bruce, so at the end of the first half, Nathaniel Hackett did something very un-Vic Fangio-like, called a timeout with a buck 14 to go in the half following a Baron Browning sack. He was able to save his second timeout because Dallas threw incomplete. Broncos took over at their own 10 with about a minute to go on the clock, couple of timeouts. 
Offense ran six plays, mm. three passes. Hackett used timeouts at 41 seconds, three seconds. Boy, it sounds like game management to mm. me. Ended on a field goal. Certainly showed confidence in his offense and defense, as well as that game management that has been lacking for a long time. I always love uh, you know scoring touchdowns. You want to give yourself every opportunity for that. Um, I thought our defense was playing really well. I think you know there's all these statistics that you get on when to go for it, when not to go for it. So you're taking that into perspective. You're also um, you know going off of you know what the other side is doing, what what your defense is doing. And I thought that we were in position. We wanted to evaluate the offense. We wanted to keep them going. Um, you know, we know Brandon can kick field goals, so we don't necessarily need to see that. So I think it would be really a combination of both. We are going to be aggressive, and at the same time, we're going to be smart, but uh, we want to be aggressive. That is just music to our ears. At least it is to mine. But wasn't it a concern with a first-year head coach? Yes, it was a concern. But I think that we're talking about that now in the past tense, after 60 minutes of football. Right. Right? Okay, we'll see about Buffalo. That's another day. Here's my question to you. Regular season game. You're up. You're back there. You can take a 10-second runoff, get to 31 seconds. Instead, you use the timeout because you're going to have confidence in your offense. You're going to go for it. And you know you've got Brandon McManus, who probably can – shoot a shot for you from 62 yards or so at home, whatever, do you do it then? Maybe not. Maybe you take the runoff. Instead, he used the timeout with 41 seconds left on a uh, motion penalty by Kendall Hinton. Could have taken the 10-second runoff. Could have been 31 seconds left, still backed off, run a play or two, punted the ball. Maybe the Cowboys would have gotten it for one play or so. I don't know how it might have played out. I loved the aggressiveness. I loved the confidence. I loved the, hey, I believe in you guys. Now go do it. And lo and behold, they did it. It was fantastic. Before everybody gets too excited, yeah. <clears throat> this is purely situational. Remember, right. they went for it on fourth down quite a bit mm -hmm. in the game on Saturday. They're not going to be going for it that many times. Right on fourth down, okay? Also, it's a preseason game. It is meaningless. Let's see what Johnson can do with a minute to go. If this is a regular season game, I would bet my house against a cup of coffee. <laughs> there is no way, no way they try and drive it no, down the field with not. a minute to go at their own 10-yard line. Now, if we're being fair to Vic Fangio, if we're going to be fair to Vance Joseph, they didn't have the guy under center to march him down the field. Okay. They didn't have a Russell Wilson. They also didn't have an offensive system like Hackett and Outen have. They had Pat Shermer, who famously said last year, today we practiced our incompletions. I was there. He said it. It was the most perplexing thing in nearly 40 years in this industry because I'm old. <laughs> that I have ever heard. Right. I, I, I looked around at others, and there were there. – how often do you see guys' jaws drop? That was a jaw-dropping moment. Right. Uh, they didn't have to practice incompletions no. with Locker Bridgewater. Yeah. They got plenty of practice sure in practice, and they weren't even trying to throw incompletions. It's a new breeze blowing through Dove Valley, and thus Broncos country. It is one that carries a hopeful message. 
and you can see the possibilities. They got a long way to go. Nate said it himself after the game. Look, we didn't run the ball for Jack. This is an outside zone team that has to get to the next level to create a running game so that the passing game can become more effective. None of that clicked in this game. None of it. They've got to get better at the things that they're trying to do. But this was a tremendous first step on so many different levels. And the end of the first half was another great example of that. We just would have never seen it with the previous two administrations. I am not going to blame last year's offensive struggles and the season before on one guy, which is Pat Shermer. But if we're being completely honest, number one in his defense, he's never had a great quarterback to work with. But even so, he's never had great offenses. Here's the opening line, and it's appropriate, and it should be this way from his Wikipedia page. Pat Shermer most recently served as the offensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos. Most recently. Not he is working here. Not he is working here. He should not be working in NFL offense again because he is antiquated. He refuses to change. And I had a conversation with this about this with somebody who I played golf with over the weekend. Pat Shermer was not willing to look at the talent that he had and said, I'm going to construct my offense around the talent that I have. I remember when I did the show with Les, and this was a problem with Mike McCoy as well. We did a one-on-one with him. I'll never forget him saying to us, I'm going to construct an offense around the talent that I have. It's a very popular phrase that is used very infrequently because older guys are set in their ways. Right Now you have a guy like Nathaniel Hackett who is willing to go to Wembley Stadium with his family and enjoy an Ed Sheeran concert with his quarterback of Russell Wilson and collaborate. I said this with Terry, and you may or may not know this. One of the biggest reasons why Baker Mayfield did not work out in Cleveland Mm -hmm. is because Baker Mayfield, I don't think he necessarily had the chops to feel this way, but I know for a fact, through an excellent source, that he did feel this way. Baker Mayfield was very upset that Kevin Stefanski did not want to collaborate on the offense with him. Maybe he didn't earn it, and that's fine. But quarterbacks want to feel that they can be part of the offensive system. What's my motivation? That's We live in that kind of era now, that right. kind of relationship building. How are you building on a relationship that is core and fundamental to the function of your team. Hello, McFly. Am I missing something in this equation? Why in the world wouldn't you collaborate with the most important figure on your football team? The one that, by the way, is probably going to determine, to a large degree, your length of employment. But that's easy to say in some ways Mm -hmm. because you're going to collaborate with a future Hall of Famer. Okay? You're not necessarily going to collaborate with Teddy Bridgewater. You'll tell him what you think is best. There, There is a difference in terms of chain of command on what your resume says. With that, grade the coordinators and hack it. Well, to this point, it's an A for everybody. Across the board. And how, yeah. And it's not, and it's, I don't mean to be flippant, but it's just A. Fantastic effort on Thursday. People will look at the exhibition game and 17 to 7 and we're talking about the t- the t- the work was done on Thursday. 
at the joint practice where we saw an hour of work on two fields simultaneously, the ones against the ones, the ones against the ones. Those guys got about 40 reps on both fields. That's where the work was really done. I thought it was, they walked off that field and every coach walking off that field had a huge smile on his face. I asked Nathaniel Hackett about eight, nine days ago, when do you start to feel to know what you have? When do you start to get a sense for, for what you, what you've got? And he says, I think I've already got it. I don't want to be presumptuous. Right. I think that he understood what he had. Let's look at our careers that have spanned 60 to 70 years. And you and I were in the same market sure. for a while when we both covered the Chiefs. I've been fortunate enough to cover head coaches like Shanahan, mm-hmm. Kubiak, Schottenheimer, Bill Snyder, uh, Marv Levy. You spending a lot of time in Wichita before you came here a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You've been in this market for a very long time. You probably covered Dick Vermeil, Marty Schottenheimer with that bill snyder oh bill snyder yeah i think the most impressive thing that i can remember from saturday's game the the layup obviously is his game management at the end of the first half i'll tell you what i liked but it went right to script for nathaniel hackett right after seth williams scored that touchdown Mm -hmm. with all the coaches you have covered and i'm talking high school college and pro have you ever seen a head coach barrel race up to a player in a preseason game and be as effusive to one of his players after scoring a touchdown in a meaningless preseason game. You don't generally see it in a regular season game. Right. That's just not the way things operate in the continuum of the old world football. But this is a new age. They're doing things differently. And to this point, it has been an absolute win. Players respond to that. I, you know, I was joking at the top of the of the segment of what's my motivation. I think players want to know that now. They want right. to understand. Okay, what is it that we're doing here? The, I, they want to know the whys. Right. I think it's important All to them. All players will say that. Yes. I want to know the why. Right. And there have been a lot of former Broncos players at training camp critical of the way training camp has gone. Oh, it's too easy. It's not a training camp. It's a summer camp. I'll sum it up this way in one sentence. The greatest enemy of tradition is change. And Nathaniel Hackett is a change agent. We are one preseason game in. He hasn't even coached his first regular season game. Let's see how it plays out. But again, if we're going to take a snapshot, of how his tenure has gone up until August 15th. So far, so good. Coming up after the break, Rocky Mountain Forest product shout-out question to our guys Ty Calcade and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. I don't believe they give game balls in the preseason, mm. but, but we will. One guy on offense, one guy on defense. All right. That's next. Don't you cry no more. 
Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T. Fry. Excuse me. We can do at T. Fry, at Terry Fry. We, you can always check him out on Twitter. At Bruce Hurdle. At Eric Goodman. I will make that mistake plenty. Well, it's, it's by, hard to get the, out of that And habit. it's okay. And by the way, uh, I'm very... Terry's just such a good dude. Great man. guy. What's such a great guy. Comes up to me the other day uh, when we were out at the scrimmage and says, hey... You know, knock him dead. Good luck, and hope everything goes well. And and I was very sorry that the timing didn't work out. This it was a good thing, you know. I mean, it, we all know how it works in this business, right? And uh, and I'm glad that it's a fit for us moving forward. Yep. Sorry it wasn't a fit uh, for Terry moving forward, but uh, really appreciate the expertise uh, and uh, everything that he brings to it. That's a guy that's been. That's been doing the sawing for a long time, man. Well, he's doing a long good, time. He's doing a better thing, honestly, than sitting here with me and doing smart and doing sports. The difference is he's teaching kids at Metro yeah. instead of sitting across the table from me, which yeah. if I were him, I'd probably make the same choice. <laughs> time now for what's trending. What's trending? Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. Okay, every Monday on the show, we do the Rocky Mountain Forest product shout-out question. It's Hi, Cal, Kate, and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. Boys, here we go. Uh, give a game ball to a guy on offense and a guy on defense. Josh Johnson gets it to me from offense. He started slowly. Uh, the first couple of series couldn't have been any less interesting. Uh, hit three of his first nine, but finished hitting 13 of his last 14. Really, really captained the ship, and I think that probably gave some Broncos fans a good feeling about the backup situation. Look, you don't want to lose Russell Wilson by any stretch. You're probably not going to win a lot of games with just about anybody, but he did a good job. Right and 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 so I give it to him for that. Defensively, Baron Browning, yeah, it's no a question about it. That right. was an easy one. So, yeah, he just a fantastic athlete with a great quick first step. He bull rushed. He had a lot of what they call in bend. the bend. Right, had a lot of bend. Yeah, um, and boy, how is that position room setting up right now? If you get Randy Gregory back and you think that he can approach his ceiling, that all of a sudden becomes a real position of strength. Okay, so I'll go Browning as well. Again, that is your life. Okay. But I'm going to go way off the board for 200. Johnson, I think, is an excellent choice. You could easily go with Jalen Virgil. You can go with Brandon Johnson. Yeah. You can go with Kendall Hintley. Sure. You go with Seth Williams. I'll go with wide receiver coach Zach Azani. Nice. He had all these guys ready to go. All these guys were catching the ball. That's really his specialty, making sure guys catch the ball. If you look at certain guys who have worked under Azani, a bunch of drops in their first year, not so much in their second year. Tim Patrick is a perfect example of that. I think Azani did a wonderful job of making Johnson and Rippon's options something where they actually had an option. All these guys made terrific catches. They weren't just you know right in the numbers every time. Everybody looked impressive. You and I talked about it uh, in the first segment. They'll probably take 
six or seven wide receivers, a lot of these guys will make it. Guys, what do you think? Um, the wide receiver room looks good, uh, but let's temper our expectations for a minute that they're not going up against number one, right. number two corners. Now, you can say that about anybody. Um, you know, uh, how is Baron Browning going to look a- against a Great stud question. left tackle or a stud right tackle? We will find out. But I will say this. I think moving Browning, I know you were at the uh, press conference of George Payton mm-hmm. to start the season. And if you remember, he said, we really want Bradley Chubb back. I think George is very forthright. I think he's great at his job, but I think he was yanking our chain a little bit because hmm. all you have to do is look at what he has done. Don't tell me what you think. Let's look at what you've done. Hmm. Your first draft pick was Nick Benito. A lot of bend. Outside right. pat rush, yeah. pass rusher. They moved Baron Browning and Jonathan Cooper to outside linebacker, pass rusher. They spent a lot of money on Gregory. What does that tell you? Free agency, draft, internally, that tells me if Bradley Chubb has a great year, they're not going to be able to afford him. And if he doesn't have a great year, they're just going to move on. I think this is Bradley Chubb's last season. Really? Well, I do. He has been really good so far. He blew up a couple of plays in that scrimmage or that shared practice. How you gonna that afford was him? impressive. How you gonna That's a him? great question. Who would you rather have back if you have to choose? Because you know Russell Wilson is going to probably get a 252, and I'm not pulling that number out of thin air, mm. a $252 million contract. He'll get a tick more than everybody else. Bradley Chubb, people will disagree with me, and that's fine, but I'll, I'll fight you on it. Bradley Chubb was a better overall outside linebacker than Von Miller because he was better at setting the edge. Von Miller, much better pass rusher. Oh, yeah. But overall, who do you want on the field for three downs? You want Bradley Chubb when he is healthy because he is better at setting the edge. I just don't know if they can afford to bring him back. And if they can't, I think you're fine with Browning under a rookie contract. I think you're fine with Benito under a rookie contract. I think you're fine with Gregory under a contract if he can stay on the field. Interesting point. I hadn't thought of it, but uh, it makes some sense. Benito didn't do much in the exhibition. Rookie. He was really good. Right. Thursday. Right. <laughs> in the shared practice. I mean, he was a wrecker uh, with uh, with four sacks or parts of four sacks at any rate. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, they're building depth in that position, which gives them a lot of latitude to go one way or the other. If they bring back Chubb, that would be great. It would be a pleasant surprise. But who would you rather have back next year? When you look at injury history, production, and salary. Would you rather have back Bradley Chubb or Draymond Jones? Because that's going to be your choice. Yeah. Well, Bradley Chubb understands that he has not been dependable. He even knows that. He's the first to admit it. Right. One of the things I like about Bradley Chubb, he gets it. Right. He knows this is not necessarily make or break, but this is a make time for him. Right. He'll get a chance regardless. But who would you rather have back? Knowing salary, knowing injury history. Draymond Jones. Who's a better player when healthy? It's Bradley Chubb. Well, yes, of course. But who would I rather have back? 
as the way you've laid it out, probably understanding the depth that I've got in that right. position room. Draymond Jones. It's not an accident. No. It's not an accident. The first pick was Nick Benito. Right. Wasn't an accident. Wasn't an accident that two guys moved to the outside. Now Browning looks great. And they brought in Gregory. Yeah. They, they have guys now if they need them. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? The NBA Christmas Day schedule was released yesterday. We'll let you know if the Nuggets are included in the Christmas Day slate. And a former Bronco was in the news this weekend for the wrong reasons. That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Man is back in gear out on 49. Man, I can see the lights. The Morning Huddle with David Hurlbutt, weekday mornings at 8. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, after getting bypassed for a Christmas game last season, the Nuggets are slated to host the Suns on Christmas this year. According to the initial draft of the schedule, the Broncos also play the Rams that afternoon. Uh, your thoughts on the Nuggets hosting the Suns on Christmas Day? Uh, long overdue, uh, need to be playing on Christmas Day. think it's fantastic that someone feels good enough about what the Nuggets will be, have the potential to be, to be playing with a contender, heck, maybe the team to beat in the West, with all due respect uh, to the Golden State Warriors, who still probably take number one. Good to have it. More the merrier. Ha ha ha. Uh, there's an old joke, and I can say this because I'm Jewish. There are two things that Jewish people know. <laughs> It's guilt and where to find good Chinese food, which leads into this. I got to tell you, this is really, you know, crimping my day Mm -hmm. because on Christmas, even though Mandy, my wife, is not Jewish. okay, my daughter is my other daughter, Mandy or Madison, raised by Mandy, my two daughters. I'm a girl dad. Hashtag girl dad. Um, It is a Jewish tradition on Christmas that we order Chinese food and go to the movies. Well, Thank you, Broncos. Thank you, Nuggets. I can't go to the movies, but I can still have Chinese food. <laughs> there you go. Sounds like a great Christmas day there. Uh, just in case you missed it, Aqib Talib was in the news this weekend for the wrong reasons as his brother, Yaqib, is wanted in connection with a shooting death at a youth football game down in Texas. Uh, what is your reaction to this horrifying incident? Well, horrifying. I mean, frankly, uh, don't know all of the details yet. I know that it sounds like Khalif is in deep trouble. If this is an unfortunate time... His brother's in deep yeah, trouble. His deep trouble. Deep trouble. This is unfortunate at any time 
But this is when Akib is running is is hot is running high right now. He's yeah. going to be uh, he's going to be in studio for the Amazon the, the Amazon Prime, and he was there. Oh yeah, apparently right. Yeah. So legend. Yeah. So bad timing, bad look, tragic consequences. I don't think this is going to affect Akib one bit. And at the risk of sounding completely insensitive, and I'm picking the low hanging fruit, but it's unfortunate that his brother didn't follow Akib and shoot himself what? instead of shooting somebody else. He just said that. So, well, am I wrong? Well, I, yeah, this opens up a whole thing with me for with guns and things of that nature. I'll just leave it at that for now. Just in case you missed it, Albert Pujols hit two home runs yesterday in the Cardinals' 6-3 win over the Brewers, uh, the second of which was measured at 443 feet. Those homers were number 688 and 689 in his career. Any chance he gets to 700 or at least pass A-Rod at 696? Well, that would be nice if he could do that. I don't think he's going to get to 700, but you know what? He's one of 28 players in Major League history who have hit 500 home runs. We've lived through the steroid era and so many guys jacking home runs like fly balls. But at the end of the day, there's still only 28 guys in Major League history that have hit 500 home runs in their career. Pujols is one that's done better than 650. That's an even more select group. No, doesn't make it to 700. Love to see him reel in A-Rod, though. Longevity plays a role. Let's be really honest. Yes. I had this conversation on Friday. I don't believe that Curtis Martin should be in the Hall of Fame. Hmm. He was never one of the top five running backs in the league consistently for his whole career. He just played a lot of years. Art Monk, same way. Played a lot of years. Albert Pujols, to get to 700 home runs, has played a lot of years. You and I are about 10 years apart, but, and I don't know if we'll agree on this, if you take away Barry Bonds when, let's be honest, I don't think I'm saying something out of school here. He absolutely did use steroids or PEDs. Well, that appears clear. Get it? Well done. Thanks. Always have the rim shot ready for Bruce. <laughs> We've just learned something new about it. Yeah, him. but it's not good if I have to point it out. All right, I'll work on that. Elb- I am 54. You are in your early 60s. Albert Pujols is the greatest hitter of my generation mm. and the generation before. When you look at his opening 12 years, no one comes close. No one comes close to what he did, starting with his rookie year. Go move forward about 12 years. Now, granted, his career has tailed off like a Willie Mays. Well, of course. Right. Right? But he's been around for a long time. But when you look at his numbers, they are eye-popping. Eye-popping. Everybody loves Juan Soto. He's got a long, 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 long way to go. He's only hit like 165 or something like only, but he's 23 years old. No, I'm talking about overall hitter. Yeah. On base percentage. Yeah. Flash line, whatever. Mm-hmm. Batting average. Pujols is right up there as one of the top five hitters to ever play this game over 12 years. Correct. Just in case you missed it, New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson was injured in their preseason game against the Eagles on Friday and is getting his knee scoped tomorrow in Los Angeles. He's expected to miss two to four weeks, but won't know for sure until the scope. Uh, The Jets have already lost their right tackle, Mekhi Becton, for the season with a knee injury. 
Do you think Wilson or Joe Flacco starts week one, and are the Jets headed towards another disappointing season? Does Zach Wilson have a comfort? Does he have a, some people to fall back on, some some people to comfort him in his time of need? Well, uh, if you want to go low-hanging fruit, yeah. and I got to tell you, I'm so sick of people talking about his mother and how good-looking she is. Get over yourself and find a new narrative. <laughs> Please. Do that in your own time with the door closed, and I won't go any further. I, if you think that much about his mom. Yeah, I was thinking about mom's friends, but okay. Regardless of that, uh, you, look, I don't know. That's a great question because the timing is tough here. Uh, you don't ever want to bring anyone back too quickly, and this is kind of an injury that is going to be on the border. It looks like it's going to be tight. My guess is that probably Flacco starts the season and that we see him the next week. Or if it's a really serious injury, the starting quarterback for the New York Jets will be Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, exactly. It's not going to be Joe Flacco unless they want to tank the entire season. Well, I mean, or it depends on how serious. Yeah, you're talking about a meniscus and you're talking about something that is basically going to be scoped. Right. I'm not a medical professional. Nor do I play one on TV. I just... Oh, stop. Rimshot. This is twice in the same segment. Is this what we have to look forward to? Well, you said look Hasht- forward to with a very... Hashtag dad approach there. We're already going down this road, Bruce. Well, we've already... We've got the hashtag girls dad. Right. I mean, we got that going here right. first thing this morning. Which, by the way... Don't you just love girls, raising girls? Yeah. Oh, I've I do. got two of them, I'm telling you. Except for a certain age. Well, okay. But right. that's any of them, right? Boys, girls, it wouldn't make any difference. That's true. They all go through that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say anything critical about my daughters, at least not on No. I'll tell goodness. them that to their face. <laughs> all right. That was a Mountain High Appliance. Uh, you can walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. It's their sales staff that really separates them. They have sales staff that has been working there for decades. When you're making an investment like an appliance, here's the deal. You want to you want to take a car for a test drive? Why not do that with appliances? You could do that at Mountain High Appliance. Big boxers look at you, be like, "You want to you want to try what? out this Viking range? What? We don't even have a Viking you range. Want to boil you want to... water on exactly. this? Exactly. Come on, Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, did the Broncos backups wide receivers play so well they're in danger of losing one if they don't make the roster? That's next.